And welcome in to J Sports Radio with uh, your host, Dawson Wells, also here with my co-host, Sean Conniff. It is Thursday night football on, and we're watching the Kansas City Chiefs uh, playing the Denver Broncos right now. They're up 3-0, start of the second half. Been a very low-scoring game, surprisingly. Uh, Denver with one of the worst defenses in the NFL. It's it's sh- kind of shocking they're able to they're kind of holding the Chiefs here to a low score, a low yardage as well. I mean, both teams have interceptions so far this game, so defenses are kind of holding uh, their own tonight. I mean, it's only in the second quarter. It's only the we're in the ninth minute and thirty five second range right now, but yeah, the defenses are looking pretty solid, and I mean that's shocking coming from Denver side because their defense looked bad. Especially yeah. against Chicago last week. Yeah, they're thirty second in the NFL and basically yardage and scoring, yeah. and they're bad. Kelsey go, kind of going off in fantasy right now. Um, he's got three receptions for fifty three yards, so already putting up some solid numbers for mm-hmm. you uh, if you have him. Patrick Mahomes did throw a pick. He's done for seventy seven yards already. Russ kind of slow start passing, but. They've kind of been held in check on the defensive side, but they're getting they're getting a lot of running yards uh, with Javante coming back from his injury and McLaughlin with 25 as well. So it'll be interesting. We'll keep you updated throughout the night. Um, we're gonna move into our a new segment we have here uh, for our best and worst teams so far through week five. We're gonna give you our five best and our five worst, and uh, our lists are basically the same. Yeah, we're we're basically in agreement throughout the list. I mean, we do have a little bit of differences, um, but it, do you, let's just start with our top teams, and then we can go in on our bottom teams just as far as analyzing them. But we both are in mutual agreement that San Francisco is is the best team right now in the NFL. They just they are looking really good. I Christian McCaffrey. Um, Brock Purdy is connecting really well with his wide receivers. And even last game, we saw George Kittle get involved a little bit more. He got three touchdowns. It was it was a great game to watch if you're a San Francisco fan. But I, I, I think you would basically agree with what I just said there, right, Dawson? Yeah, I mean, they've looked – their defense too just absolutely shut down the Cowboys last week. It's looked solid the entire, entire season so far. Um, moving on to our number two team. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles kind of got off to a slow start, but they've won every game so far. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, especially it's a little bit disappointing watching Jalen Hurts kind of go from last year, who's MVP, is now is kind of in a sense under like achieving. He's not. He's doing fine, but he's not what we saw last year, which is kind of disappointing. I mean, he's been getting AJ Brown involved in that offense recently which is looking good but he's neglecting Devonta Smith his wide receiver too who's out of Alabama I mean that kid has a lot of talent so neglecting him is shocking for me in my in my eyes but um I mean last game they got Goddard involved they were able to move the ball around pretty well and that defense is holding strong a little bit as well uh yeah I mean they're they're a very solid team when those when those two teams play I believe it's week 13 that's going to be one of the best matchups probably 
preview of the NFC Championship in, yes. in all honesty. Yeah. And uh, I honestly think if the ways or if the season goes how I think it's going to go, where San Francisco and Philly kind of just kind of plow through the league, and if they get to that point, I think that could be one of the be- that could be like highlighted as like the best game of the year. Obviously, like you just mentioned something like that, but that that game would be exciting. So for third on our list here, third best team in the NFL, um, Miami Dolphins. I mean, that offense is just mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah. That that offense, especially that running back room, is that's per, per overachieving in a way. I mean, you know, Raheem Mozart, uh, Achan is that, is that how you call him now? Achan, Yeah. Achan. I mean, he came out with a different pronunciation for yeah. his name recently, so I'm trying to get that correct. And now they're getting Jeff Wilson back from injury reserve. So I know Achan just went on the injury reserve for an injury, but Jeff Wilson's coming right back out. So it's kind of they're gonna just kind of continue what they left off. Like there's no like hiccup. It's just so I mean there's no that offense is insane. Yeah. And for me right now, I mean Miami after that shocking Buffalo loss over in London where they just they did not look good and the Chiefs kinda struggling just a tad. Like their offense hasn't really been clicking yet. Miami's the team in the AFC right now for me that can keep going if they can make it far into the playoffs and maybe even a Super Bowl run we'll see kind of need to get lucky with injuries here that injury to Achan really hurts but they're yeah. get, like you said they're getting Jeff Wilson back so I mean Achan has a bright future with that team oh yeah he's a rookie out yeah. of Texas Texas A&M yep. so he's a young stud for sure yep um kind of a sh- four and five are a throw up for me it's kind of we have them I have them flipped with you yeah and I mean, my five, I could go with any different team here, but but you went with Detroit, and I'll let you talk about Detroit first. I mean, I I love Detroit. I mean, they have such a good offense, very young offense as well, with Amon Ra, with Josh Reynolds, with I mean Monty, who came over from the Bears. I mean, he's getting his older, a little bit older, but he's still under thirty. Put up a lot of touchdowns. Um, they have Gibbs, who they haven't really let loose yet. I feel like they definitely could coming in the next couple of weeks, especially if something happens to to Monty. I mean, Mon- I know you were talking about Monty's age. I mean, he's 26. I mean, he's still f- he's kind of going into his prime right now. So what we're seeing so far in the year from him is not shocking, but also kind of sad in the sense that he was a former Bear and walked away. But yeah, you're you're correct on that with them being a young offense. Uh I actually have them at my 5 and I have Kansas City at my 4. I the reason I have them at 4 even though they've they've looked really good throughout the year. I mean, tonight they've looked good on offense, but as far as connecting with Kelsey and just other assets on that offense, I mean, you can never really kind of doubt or or Patrick Mahomes or the Kansas City Chiefs, like they always need to be in the mix because once you kind of say, "Oh, they're done," they're they're going to lose this game. Somehow they come back and tie it or win. I mean, so this offense is insane. Their defense is also really good this year. Like I, I think they're all around really good, and I think you just can't can't throw shade at them just yet. I mean, yeah. I mean, this it's kind of 
shocking that they've only put up three points against this Denver this Denver defense who's ranked worse in the league. I mean, they just had that that fourth and one that they weren't able to convert on and they yeah. threw that interception. Yeah. They could easily have fourteen it could be fourteen nothing and they've just been unable to connect in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, we're watching the the Dallas or not Dallas, Denver Broncos Chiefs game right now and I mean their offense or their defense, excuse me, is pressuring Russell Wilson really good. Like they held him within the ten yard line. And it's I mean that offense, like you were saying, is not good, but it's but it's still looking pretty good as far as defense, as far as pressure and man coverage and all of that. I mean, as I'm speaking, they just their special teams unit just dropped the almost, the, the almost muffed the punt, almost lost it. So, but but yeah, you have Kansas City at the five. Well, I, here's a question for you: Do you think because the trade deadline is coming up, a lot of rumors swirling about players getting traded? Do you think? Kansas City goes after a, a stud wide receiver. Yes, I honestly do. I mean, besides Travis Kelsey, they don't have a true number one wide receiver. They just don't. I mean, even last year they had Juju Smith-Schuster, and he's a borderline wide receiver too, and definitely not wide receiver one. So I think they should go after a, a wide receiver one if – I know the name's been swirling around just in general is Jerry Judy. I think that would be a great addition to their offense. I think they don't even really need to pay that much to a, a developing or a rebuilding team like Denver. Yeah, You could probably go get, give up um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and maybe like a pick or somewhere how to make the monies work. But I honestly say they should because, I mean, if they got a number one wide receiver and that offense still produces – it's game over in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, like you said, Jerry Judy rumored to get traded. That rumor kind of came out a couple hours before the game. Mm -hmm. Um, Another guy we kind of talked about in a a previous show kind of disgruntled in his, on his team right now is Devontae Adams. Yeah. He, I feel like he definitely, if Vegas, I mean, they did get, just get a win against uh, green Bay on Monday night. If they, don't start winning more games. I feel like he could be out the door. I wouldn't. Yeah, I would not put that past him of wanting to leave. Like, look at Josh Jacobs, the running back of the Raiders. He didn't even want to resign. He was get me out of here, trade me, drop me. I don't care. Like, I want to leave. Just if that doesn't show that this is a dysfunctional organization, I don't know what does. And so for your wide receiver to be very annoyed with what's going on. Like, I would not be surprised. Plus, you can also, if I'm the Raiders and if I'm going to rebuild, you can get a lot out of both of those, but mainly Devontae Adams. Like He is a top 10 wide receiver in the league. Oh, for agree? sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Maybe top five. His his ability to just get open is yeah, insane. Is insane. I mean, he's. it seems like he's always open. And, I mean, Garoppolo hasn't been really able to find him. He finds Jacoby Myers more. Yeah. It's it's not it's not good. And also when just look at what Devontae Adams did with Green Bay when he actually had a quarterback. If imagine what he could do with Patrick Mahomes. Oh, it'd be that, insane. It'd be gross. And everybody would be hating on the trade because it'd be they have Mahomes at quarterback. They have Kelsey and then they have Devontae Adams. Like you can go deep with Devontae Adams and then go short with Kelsey and then they just don't know how to Protect, and then they also have the young running back in the backfield. Like it's a, it'd be they've ever since they lost Tyree Kill, they've been missing that 
wide receiver. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has still put up the numbers with basically nobodies. Yeah, and he's been able to distribute that ball pretty well across his offense. I mean, even he's throwing he's throwing to wide receiver fives. Like, he's throwing to guys, or mainly, tar- I should just say, targeting um, those guys, whether it's completion or not. But he's he's being forced, his hand, to throw to those, I don't want to say lower caliber guys, but they're not the main starters, you know, so... Yeah, I, I feel like they definitely go after another offensive stud. Their defense is pretty good, but yeah. I feel like they go after someone, especially to bolster that wide receiver room. Oh, for sure. And they could easily give up a first-round pick, and it doesn't even really matter. They're, yeah, they're in they're in the midst of a dynasty. They don't really care about – I feel like they don't really care about their future, more or less, as winning championships right now. Of course. Yeah, and they have young talent within that offense. They have Rasheed Rice and – I mean, Kadarius Tony, Butterfingers over here, but it's, I mean, as we're watching this, Pacheco is running down the field. Is he's insane? But, but yeah, but I have Detroit at my number five. I mean, you kind of gave some of the reasons. They're very young. I just I'm giving them the fifth spot just because they're they're very young, and I I kind of want to see more of Jameer Gibbs just because you drafted him so high and everybody was shocked that you actually went out and took a guy that was projected to go late first rounds, if not early second, and you drafted him with a like an early teens pick. So it's it's kind of disappointing not seeing him play as much. Like Also for the fantasy-wise, I know fantasy owners out there, I'm one of them, they're kind of disappointed. Like You drafted him within the fourth to sixth round, and he's not producing, so that definitely hurts there, but... I don't know. This this team has a lot of potential, and they can go a long way. So let's kind of move into our dumpster fire teams, as I like to call them. Um, starting off with the number one dumpster fire in the NFL, the Carolina Panthers. And as Bears fans, we love this. Mm-hmm. We have their oh, first. I'm, yeah, I'm loving life. Yeah, we have their f- number one overall pick. It's looking like probably a top five, if not top pick in the next year's draft. Oh yeah, for sure. Yet again for the Bears. I mean, at this rate, no ma- I don't know what the I don't remember the full stat, but it was definitely like if they lose the next, I think three or four games, then they're like guaranteed a top ten pick. Like if it was to go out statistically, but and that's very possible for yeah. this team. Like oh for sure. Bryce Young. He he's looked okay. Yeah, he hasn't looked like C.J. Stroud, another no. rookie. Yeah. He's looked very good. Anthony Richardson, other rookie, looked very good. I mean, Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson, the two names you just mentioned there, like they have been ailed with injuries, and C.J. Stroud's been relatively healthy. So there's obviously that to consider. But especially, like I mean, you brought this this miracle kid, as some people wanted to say he was he was going to create miracles for this team. I mean, he's doing what he can, but this offense is awful. Because yeah. I also have him at my number one. They are just bad. And, I mean, they're 0-5, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so lose, 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 and that benefits the Bears. Yep, it does for sure. I mean, we'll get into it a little bit later, but that's definitely one of the moves that I give Ryan Poles the most credit for. Well, brought DJ Moore to Chicago. Yeah, and, I, I love mean, the trade initially with the DJ Moore addition, but, but yeah. You did. So... Yeah. My next team, it's kind of 
I kind of want to move them a little bit up now, especially after I actually I lied. They choose to score a touchdown. So it's the it's the Detroit or not the Detroit, the Denver Broncos. I mean, that defense, we said it earlier, last in the league in yards, in points. It's there's a lot of holes. And Russell Wilson hasn't really been able to outscore other teams, even with a good defense. They kind of held. They kind of were able to keep it close with the Jets last week, mm-hmm. but other than that, I mean, they've. It's just been bad. It's been bad. Yeah, and I, I, I have them slightly being worse than my number three at the Giants. Um, like you said, they have so many holes within this organization, and that contract that they're paying Russ for him to be underproducing for like they brought him in thinking he was going to be prime Russ and. He's going to be fantastic, but he's he's been subpar, and they could easily get rid of him and f- use that money that they're paying him to fill some of those holes. It wouldn't be the cure, but it would definitely help a little bit. Well, they gave up so many picks for him. Oh, my God. What was it, like three first-rounders? I want to say three first-rounders. And a couple seconds, I think. Yeah, they gave up their future for this They guy. gave up a lot. They gave up for... their future in not only um, financially, but draft capital. I mean, just think about it. Like, let's go back just to kind of give a kind of another idea. Look at the Trey Lance trade with the 49ers. The 49ers gave up three first-round picks and to move up to go get Trey Lance, and that did not work out. And I think this trade with Russell Wilson with Seattle, is cons- I would consider it worse in the fact that they did give up financial capital and trade capital. So here's the entire trade for Russell Wilson. The Broncos got Russ and a 2022 fourth-round pick who they used on a defensive lineman. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that name. The Seahawks got Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris. They got two first-round picks, a 2022 and a 2023. They got a 2022 second-round pick, a 2022 fifth-round pick, and a 2023 Second round pick, which That's they turned insane. they turned into Charles Cross, who I believe is a, a pretty decent tackle for the Seahawks. Uh Boyle Maif, who I've never heard of before. Tyreek Smith, uh, I've never heard of before. Um Devin Witherspoon, who had a very solid game a couple weeks ago against the New York Giants, had that pick that like ninety eight yard pick six. Mm-hmm. Um U of I guy, very good. And uh, Derek Hall, who's been a pretty good edge rookie for the mm-hmm. Seattle Seahawks. I mean, they gave up so many players. Like Shelby Harris, too. He was a kind of a veteran D-line guy. I mean, it's clear the Broncos lost this trade. Oh, 1,000%. And this – I don't want to, like, be so dramatic, but, like, let's just go down this path, though. This could be one of the worst trades to have happened within the last 10 years. I would agree. Like Of all time, even. It, you could go that far as well. Because, I mean, just the amount of hype that Russ had, to de- like, probably within that Denver organization. Because I don't even think many organizations were going to offer him, one, that size of a contract, but, two, trade up that much value with the picks and other players. Like, no team was ever going to match that offer. So, Denver must have been on something for that to occur. But, I don't know, moving on from that headache. Yeah. Uh, number three, I mean, we kind of hinted at it earlier, New York Giants, yeah. they've just been bad in general. 
Daniel Jones hasn't looked good. They've been missing Saquon. Yeah. Defense has been very poor. They are really bad. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's and they gave Daniel Jones a, a pretty big contract in the offseason. So it's kind of it's interesting to see that. And I think also correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't last year Yeah, I was right. Brian DeBall, their head coach of the New York Giants was NFL coach of the year. Okay? And now he's making some terrible mistakes and calls within this organization, and it's costing their team a lot of points. It gets bad. Like, even on primetime, you're just watching it, and they're just getting slaughtered. So, I mean, that team is a mess. And, I mean, going into another mess is New England. I have them as my number four spot. I think you have them as well. Same, yeah. It's That's another crapshoot. I mean, they've been New England has been blown out the last two weeks. They just had their – didn't even score. They no. brought in Bailey Zappi for the second straight week, take out Mac Jones against the Saints. It, it's it been bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, their defense hasn't been terrible. It's just their offense literally can't do anything. Mac Jones has looked really bad. Really bad. I mean, we can get more into them when we get to their matchup this week, but there's other stories we want to talk about with them. But the number five spot, you go ahead. Uh, I put Chicago Bears. Now, trying to be a little realistic, they're still not a great football team. They had a very good game against the Washington Commanders last week. Can they continue to win is a, is the main question. And I mean, I, let's just let's just go into their matchup against Minnesota here. Playing Minnesota at home this week. I mean, I would say pretty a pretty big game for Chicago. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. I mean, right now, I you have Chicago, I have Minnesota as my five, but I think this game really def- kind of answers that question of who's the fifth worst team in the NFL. Like, Minnesota, like, they just lost Justin Jefferson, and there's rumors of trading Kirk Cousins. There's a million players right now on bad teams that have a lot of value that are potentially going to get traded. So I'm very curious how that all pans out. But this week... We'll see how it goes, but it's Minnesota and Chicago. Who knows? Yeah. And then uh, we're also going to do another new segment. Uh, We're going to do our players of the week here, Uh, both offensive and defensive players, best players from week five. Um, For me, on the offensive side, it's Jamar Chase. 192 yards, 15 catches, three touchdowns. Yep, I mean, he insane. he finally had that. I mean, he had a good game against the Rams, but didn't score. Finally got a touchdown, and he put up a hat trick of him. It's by far the best player of the week, especially on the offensive side of the football. For me, at least. I mean, very good from Jamar, finally. Yeah, and yeah, I that's a, not a bad pick at all. But to change it up, I mean, a little bit, I kind of stayed with Chicago. Like DJ Moore and Justin Fields, I know it's kind of there's two players there, but I think that was really just the combination of t- both that really made it pop off. Like DJ Moore had 49 points in fantasy last week. He had 10 targets, eight receptions, 230 yards receiving, and three touchdowns. And Justin Fields had a heyday as well, 41 points. He he rushed 11 times, which was is nice to see as a Bears fan. And he rushed for 57 yards. 
Completions, not too bad. 15 out of 29 attempts, 284 or 282 yards and four touchdowns. So it, they, it was just nice to see that kind of connection actually like really happen, especially after not really connecting the first few weeks. Yeah, I mean it was it was nice to see. Especially, I mean both of these both of our players really have been struggling for the past mm-hmm. the whole season really so far, yeah. and they finally had breakout weeks so it's good to see that and it really was nice to see dj Moore kind of pull out these tricks out of his hat because some of the catches he made were crazies but moving on to defensive players i went with max crosby of the raiders he's a defensive end so he got one sack four tackles for a loss and four quarterback pressures and he's now he did actually win the award for defensive player of the week for the afc um it's now his fourth time being awarded that and, I mean, he's one of the most consistent players to be out on the field in the NFL. He, he's dominant on the field, and he's always out there. There's never, like, an injury that keeps him out. Like, he wants to be out on that field, and he's dedicated. Like, he has heart. So, seeing this game, like, him getting in that backfield so many times, like, it just showed, like, he didn't even care who was in front of him. He wanted that quarterback. So, I love Max Crosby just for the fact that he has passion, and he always wants to be on the field, and he's good as, as well. Uh, my defensive player of the week is going to be Fred Warner on the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, he had a very – he was – he's the leader of that def- – one of the leaders. Him, oh, and, him and Nick yeah. Bosa. I mean, eight tackles. He got a forced fumble, one sack, and then he also had uh, interception that he was able to return down to the goal line. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he was just – if you watch that game, he was all over the field making plays, basically every play. It was just, insane. You he just was always all, saw his number. Yeah, he was all over. I mean, just an absolute, absolute stud. And it's kind of funny just kind of going back to the Mitchell Trubisky trade. 49ers got Fred Warner in that trade in one of the picks that we traded away. He was one of the guys, um, which is kind of upsetting as a Bears fan to know. Um, but so... He's a very good, very good linebacker, all pro, just absolute stud. I'm not going to add anything on top of that. <laughs> I am, I did not know that fact, and now I'm very hurt. So let's move on. All right, we're gonna just kind of go quickly through uh, NFL Week Six here previews. Gonna start off here with the Baltimore Ravens bracing the Tennessee Titans in London, third street straight week in a row in London, um, playing at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Baltimore is favored by four points. I mean, this is a, it's kind of an interesting game for me. Baltimore kind of blew it against the Steelers last week. Titans couldn't get it done against the Colts. Yeah, I. but I, Tennessee, they, they can fig- – I think they'll figure it out. Like we've mentioned weeks prior – that they need to figure out that quarterback position. And I think we're going to be right around the corner of that actually to happen. I mean, just because Derrick Henry's not producing, Tannehill is not producing. It's just, it's a whole, it's a whole mess over there. But Baltimore, Baltimore, I mean, they're kind of a, they're an underdog in my opinion. They, they, they're fourth, they have, they're ranked fourth in defense this year. And which is awesome for, in the fact that, on the Baltimore offensive side, they're coming back from injuries. Like 
Mark Andrews was coming back, and just that offense is starting to really kind of gain momentum. And I mean, Mark Andrews, like I just mentioned him, like the last two games have been huge for him. They've really started to implement him into this offense again. Like the first few weeks of the year, he was just kind of there. But now he's he's back and he's better than ever. I think he might even finish out the year as one of the best, if not the best, tight end in the NFL. Well, yeah, he's especially in fantasy. I mean, he's one oh, of the best. Sure. He's a top three guy. He's one of the guys that can always produce for you in fantasy. Him and him and Kittle basically, yeah, are. If you have those guys, you you don't need anyone else. Mm-hmm. Like, very solid. I'm Baltimore. I'm gonna take Baltimore in this game. For like you said, fourth best defense. They've been. They kind of went over there early. Uh, I don't know when the Titans are going over to London, but. It's kind of been shown with that Buffalo game against Jaguars last week. Jaguars were there for two straight weeks, and they were they were used to the yeah. Lag. Buffalo just looked asleep. So Ravens have been there all week, pretty much. I'm taking them. I'm also with you on Baltimore, but moving on to Washington at Atlanta. Ritter undefeated at home in the NFL and college starts. That's a fantastic start or fantastic stat that you got there, Dawson. Want to talk more on that? Yeah, I mean he's at Cincinnati, undefeated in home starts, and he's continued that trend in the NFL here. I mean it's it's weird. I mean he doesn't lose at home, and with Atlanta at home here, it's. I mean I don't see him losing, especially against Washington after the performance they put up against against the Bears, who were asleep basically. I mean, Washington hasn't – I thought Washington had a a decent defense, and I thought Sam – I mean, Sam Howell hasn't been bad, but their offense in general just hasn't been good. I mean uh, – Their defense is allowing – or they're just allowing the uh, 32 points a game, which is 31st in the NFL. Yeah. And their yards allowed per game is 25th. I mean, it's kind of shocking with the names they have on that defense. Yeah, it's – that entire – situation over there is very confusing to me i mean even on this let's go back to the offensive side of the ball like kyle pitts he was a top 10 pick right from georgia and you have drake london who's you haven't really been incorporating like you yes you it's it's a hit or miss with him like it's it's kind of sad to see uh and also you have Bijan robinson and last week he he looked good but he wasn't like as productive as he was in prior weeks i don't know i'm just I'm very nervous with this team. I, I honestly, I went with Washington. I think that stat of Ritter being undefeated at home breaks this week. And I, I think it's going to be close with Washington and Atlanta, but I don't know. Just Was- Washington looked really bad against Chicago, and I think they're just going to be really angry and want to bounce back. Yeah, I'm I'm sticking with Atlanta. I think that streak continues. Atlanta is favored by two and a half points, so a field goal basically. I, I like Atlanta in this game, and I like Desmond Ritter. I think he, he's starting to become – I mean, he hasn't he doesn't throw the ball much, but he's starting to kind of become a decent starting quarterback. Yeah, and I mean, like, my final point here is when he was drafted in the 2022 NFL draft, he was the fourth-best quarterback prospect in that draft class, and he was drafted behind Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral. So he was drafted – I would say he's better than all of those guys. As of right now, probably, yeah. It would be close with Kenny Pickett, but with Kenny's situation in Pittsburgh, it's I mean, not looking good. Kenny's the only other starter on that list. Yeah, and Matt Coral, I don't think I've ever really heard of him. 
Ole Miss quarterback. What team? No idea. This is my point. <laughs> but let's move on to, I know, one of our biggest games of the week. We're split on this. I, I believe we were sort of split on it, but um, Minnesota at Chicago. It's a huge game for Chicago coming off a big win against last week against Washington. Like, And Minnesota this week is down bad. They, they lost Justin Jefferson last week with a hamstring injury, and he's now on the injured reserve and won't be back for four weeks at least. So can Chicago bounce or kind of pounce on this hurt team and take advantage? Yeah, I mean, and with Justin Jefferson out, I mean, he was consensus really number one overall pick in fantasy this year, and now it's he's hurt and owners are kind of wondering what to do. I mean, it's it's upgrades to guys who have Alexander Madison, Jordan Addison, who I, I liked in the offseason a lot, and he's kind of produced, especially produced last week, put up, I think, about 19 points. And uh, Hawkinson as well, a very good tight end, um, who all get upgrades in fantasy. Yeah, and like going off that, there's definitely going to be one outlier that, not necessarily those names, but there's going to be a guy that you've never really heard of that's going to pop off and it's going to be the next guy to add in fantasy. Like I'm almost guaranteeing it that there's going to be another Viking that puts up like 20 points and it's going to be the main guy to get in waivers. But enough with the Vikings. I don't want to talk about them. I want to talk about my Bears. Let's kind of go back to what I was mentioning earlier with DJ Moore. He had a day. Didn't he have a day? He had a day. He had a day. I mean – my goodness, was it nice actually seeing the football go down the field. It was awesome to see it. I mean, I was discussing this topic with my uh, father earlier this week of now that Eberflus is focused on the defense, is he less focused on what is being called for the offense? And is Luke Getze kind of taking his handcuffs off and now is able to call plays like he wants? And, like, is this truly what Getze is – like what, what his play calling is, and we don't know, and I think we'll find out this week, and we'll really see because this defense is not great, if I remember right. Their it's, de- the defense is 27th in yards allowed at 393.5 per game. Um, they're allowing the 30th most points at 31.5, basically. Yeah, so – and if – they, if the Bears can pounce on this and kind of throw the ball down the field again and basically go in with the same exact game plan they did with Washington, I think they win. And I, that's who I have this week. I think Chicago comes out with the W. Yeah, I'm going on the same spot. I mean, Bears can get momentum here. And, I mean, their schedule is schedule is relatively easy coming up. I mean, not a lot of teams that can that can threaten them. I mean, they play Carolina. Yeah. Uh, they play next couple schedule is Vikings at home, Raiders at home, which I mean, I think they could, they have a chance. They have a chance. Chargers away on Sunday on Sunday night football. They'll probably lose saints away. Probably, probably lose. lose. And then they play the Panthers at home. Oh, that's a win. That's a good one. I mean, like, honestly with us winning, I'm very optimistic just cause I was really like pushing the point of pass the ball down the dang field and you'll score points. And we saw that last week with just the amount of passing yards fields had. And I mean, he's looked good the last two weeks, but like, even if we were to continue on a winning streak, 
here, let's say, we're not gonna we're not gonna finish as the top team. That's just not gonna happen. We'll still have a a ten a middle teens late first round pick or a late um, single digit pick with the Bears pick. But if the Panthers still suck, we still have the first overall pick and we can do whatever we want with it again, like we did with DJ Moore, but or with that trade. Excuse me. But moving on to Seattle at Cincinnati. I mean, you're a Joe Burrow owner, and I'm a Jamar Chase owner in fantasy. And my goodness, was it nice to see it happen. Finally. It was great to finally see it happen against Arizona. Like, Cincinnati is currently 32nd in yards per game. That is awful. That is the worst thing I've seen come out of Cincinnati in a while. Probably since Andy Dalton. Yeah, I mean, it's they haven't been haven't been great. But there's a video circulating of Joe Burrow at practice. He's got no wrap on that calf. He's throwing off the one leg. He's looking good. He finally had some scrambles against Arizona moving out of that pocket and he's finally looking like Joe Shiesty. He's finally looking like Joe Shiesty again. I mean, Jamar Chase, I mean, he came out with that thing on social media saying I'm always open and Burrow took that heart and never stopped looking for him because, my goodness, I mean that Jamar Chase was your player of the week, and you meant you rattled off his stats from last week, and those were unheard of. Always open. Always open. Seven Eleven. Always open. It's. It was great to finally see it happen. Will they do it again this week? As far as Chase standpoint of getting three touchdowns, probably not. Can Burrow pass as much as he did as he did last week? I can see it happening. I, I, I think can, so. I can see him p- distributing the ball more, but who see, knows? Last week was a very good week for Cincinnati and a very good motivation or motivative uh, game for them to move on. Uh, uh, Seattle has the 30th worst passing defense in the NFL so far, allowing 280 yards per game in the air. So I fully believe they could get it going again. I mean, this all it's they always start slow. They've started slow. The past two years, Joe Burrow had that uh, appendicitis last year, kind of helped them out. They started 0-2 last year. Yeah. Yeah, and they did this year. Yep. So, I mean, they're they're starting slow. And then the year before that, Joe's coming off an ACL injury and started slow. So this team just starts slow, and then they get get it going uh, later down in the season. So I'm I'm rocking with Cincinnati in this game. I actually – I'm kind of throwing a wild ball here. I'm throwing since I'm saying Seattle is going to come in and I think kind of shock Cincinnati, really. I think they're kind of they're going to poop on Cincinnati's party. I I just I can't really explain why. It's more just a gut feeling and I think Geno Smith even though he's questionable, I think he's going to come in and he's going to he's going to really pop off. Cincinnati uh see Seattle is actually underdogs by two and a half points. So, and I mean, it's another coin flip pretty much. I mean, if we want to touch face on fantasy, I know we were talking fantasy for the last few teams. Walker, the running back, he's coming off a bye. But if you have him, I would try and trade him to fill in pieces if you need positions to be filled. Uh, in my opinion, his value was going down. If you looked at just the points, his points have kind of been really inconsistent. And the week before the bye, he didn't really produce. He, yes, he put up good numbers, but weren't good enough to really make me want to hold on to him when I can try to sell his value, which is really, really, really high, 
which but I think it's going down and I w- I would I would trade him for maybe like a wide receiver and a running back just kind of get a two for one deal out of him. All right, we're going to move on. San Francisco at Cleveland. San Francisco nine and a half point favorites. I mean, Deshaun Watson report came out today. He's probably not going to play with that soldier shoulder injury again. I mean, and then uh, I can't remember. P.J. Walker would be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Former Bear. Former Bear. I mean, it's it's going to be a blowout. San oh, Francisco's too good. This could be, honestly, I think Cleveland does have a decent defense, and they're coming off a bye, so they're rested and whatever. But this could be one of those games like we saw with Denver and Miami where it's just like a not even a contest. It's just – how many points can San Francisco put up, and who can get touchdowns? Like, I would not even be surprised if Montgomery get or not Montgomery, McCaffrey gets a touchdown, Ayuk gets a touchdown, Kittle gets like I wouldn't be surprised if four different guys get different t- or touchdowns themselves. Well, right now, uh, just looking at the stats, it's the top two defenses in the NFL. Uh, San Francisco is first in points allowed at thirteen point six. Cleveland's second with fifteen. Okay. And then Cleveland has the first is first in yards allowed per game at 220. San Francisco is second at 284.6. Yeah, and I mean, my point is they're coming off of or Cleveland's coming off of a bye week, so they're fresh. So, but I don't know. I just think San Francisco is a bulldozer right now, and any team that has had some sort of success, they've just haven't even blinked an eye. I mean, I don't. Just looking at their schedule, I don't see where they can lose again until maybe the Eagles. I mean, they played the Browns, Vikings, maybe the Bengals, if the Bengals can, offense can get going. Yeah, I think if the Bengals only win if – or I think the the Bengals win that game only if they start really starting to win again and get momentum. Yeah, and then they put the Jags, Bucks, Seahawks, Eagles. I mean, that, that game – it will be a toss-up. It's like we said earlier. It's gonna be one of the best games of the NFL calendar so far. And then they play the Cardinals, Ravens, Commanders, and Rams. I just I don't see more than two losses, yeah, if that. Yeah, I. I mean, we said it earlier. They're our favorite right now. Like I, I, I honestly don't see how they can lose unless they really like lose a key, key part of that offense. Like, if Debo was to go out, Ayuk was to go out, I mean, who knows? But, I don't know. They're unstoppable. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm picking San Fran in this. Yeah, it's, I, it's an easy pick. San Francisco all the way. All right, moving on. Kind of touched on both these teams already. Uh, Carolina at Miami. I mean, we don't really have to, other than A-Chan going down, I mean, they still have Mostert. They still have Tyreek Hill. They and still Jeff have Waddle. Back, so, I mean, we talked a lot about these teams because they were in our top five, and top five were the worst. So, like, Miami, I have Miami winning it. Yeah. There's not even a debate. I think Carolina goes 0-6. They're 13.5-point favorites. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Miami makes their – or if Miami's defense makes Carolina's quarterback look dumb. Yeah, I mean – it's gonna be. This is another blowout game for me. Oh, I mean, for sure. I don't a know. lot of these games. I mean, those. I mean, let's kind of talk about Carolina. Just their trade potential. Brian Burns talked about la- a lot last year during the trade deadline. Do do they trade him this year? 
I think his contract expires after this year. Yeah, especially like without the way they're going right now, they're gonna they look like they're the Cleveland Browns from a few years ago with the 0 and 16. Like, I you don't have a first round pick, which is looking to be like the first overall pick. And if I'm the GM, you know I'm on the hot seat. Like I already know like I'm a candidate of being fired. So I would no question try to go get best value out of him, even if it's a second round pick. You need something. You need something so then you could potentially turn like two seconds into a tr- first. Or you gotta you gotta start really moving pieces because I mean heck, there was a report that the GM was trying to be aggressive in the wide receiver market and go get somebody. I mean, yes, we mentioned Jerry Judy or Devontae Adams, but Carolina Panthers have no true like value on their team to trade away that they would want to trade away to acquire one of those places. I mean, they they just traded DJ Moore, and then you're saying you want to go trade for a stud wide receiver. That's exactly right. Why trade DJ Moore then? Because the Bears only would do the trade if they got DJ Moore, and I think the Panthers saw their opportunity of getting a franchise quarterback, and they took it. And I think with Adam Thielen, who's kind of popping off right now and being the only target within that offense, which is kind of the only reason why I think he's doing well just in general and also fantasy, like, I don't know. This this offense is a mess, and if I was a GM, I would try to – trade away my assets i wouldn't even try to or wouldn't even think of acquiring things because the amount of stuff you'd have to give up to get one good player is way too much it's way too steep yeah so we're, we're both rolling with miami moving on to the next game kind of an interesting game for me uh, especially in the afc south uh is the indianapolis colts at jacksonville both these teams are three and two mm-hmm. both in first Tied for first place in that said AFC South. This game's for first right now. Um, Indianapolis is without Anthony Richardson, their rookie, who inevitably got hurt yet again, put on IR for four weeks. So it's Gardner Minshew again against his former team in Jacksonville. Um, revenge game, baby. Big old revenge game for Gardner. He's been he's been decent in. In a replacement of Anthony Richardson when he's had to come in, so he's always done well when he comes into a scenario where he's the backup. I mean, when he was a starter with Jacksonville, it was a little bit different. I mean, he looked all right, but he's got to be probably one of the best, if not the best, backup in the NFL. Oh, for sure. I I mean, Minshew mania. It's there's oh. a reason it's a thing. Um, Indianapolis's running back situation is kind of kind of odd for me. You want to talk more about that? Yeah. Without getting into fantasy purposes just yet, Jonathan Taylor is back, right? So he just got his extension after saying, no, I want to leave, I want to leave, I want to leave. I don't want to be in Indianapolis anymore. He finally comes out with a contract with them, and they kind of settle their differences. But when he got back and was playing last week, Zach Moss, the backup running back, popped off. Like, he was really good. He was the main guy. Mind you, I do understand Jonathan Taylor, he was probably on a snap count and he was hurt. So, like, they're just slowly bringing him back in. But you just paid this guy a lot of money. And you're seeing that the backup that you're paying significantly less money to is producing. Yeah. And I think this is kind of like the question that we can have 
later in the show if we want to bring it up again, is why running backs are an appreciating asset. They they don't deserve the money that they're getting because somebody could fill in that's evil, able to match their capability, if not um, surpass expectations, for significantly less money. Yeah. So, I don't know. That, that side of things is very confusing, and I'm very curious to follow that story as far as when does JT fully take over, or how does that work? Well, Zach Moss... 190 or 165 yards with two touchdowns he also had two catches for 30 yards i mean i feel like his his usage is going to start going down i mean he was put up over 30 points in fantasy this week it's so weird because i don't think you can start do you do you feel like you could start zach moss i don't know i feel like the best i would do is if i had an injury because there's a lot of injuries right now in running backs. Like if you have him on your roster, you could probably start him and feel okay. But I, if anything, I'd probably start Jonathan Taylor because I feel like this week is going to be more of a 50-50 split, and then after this week, it's going to be more John T- Jonathan Taylor's backfield. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. It's it's he scares me a lot just because of which one? Uh, both, honestly. <laughs> Because Zach Moss, I mean, he did put up – he hasn't – he's put up numbers so far this year. But like we said, Zach – Jonathan Taylor, the guy they just paid. You don't pay a guy if you're not going to use him. Exactly. And, I mean, yeah. Exactly. So. But New Orleans to Houston – or at Houston, another interesting game. Well, do you want to give our, our picks for that oh, game first? Yes. Indiana at Jacksonville. I went with Jacksonville. Yeah, I'm going with Jacksonville too. They're four-point favorites. I think they're just their team is just a little bit better. They got T Law. Their defense is slightly better. But and, and the fact that they're coming off a two-win streak from London. Yeah. So I think it this they'll carry it in. They'll they'll bring it they'll become three and for the past three games. Oh yeah, for sure. But New Orleans at Houston. This is an interesting game because early in the year. Houston was considered one of the worst teams going in. I mean, they're still one of the worst in depth charts rankings, according to the NFL. But C.J. Stroud's look good. He's broken record for most passing attempts before um, interceptions. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's looked very good. Um, he's kind of that guy right now, especially in that this rookie class. I mean, he's he's kind of breaking away. Him and it's gonna be close between him and. Bijan for for rookie of the year here and I mean if Houston can get get another win I mean they'll be in second tied for second place in the FC South after this week it's wild but I mean in all fairness they did they were really aggressive in the draft this year so it looks like it's paying off a little bit I mean they moved on from Lovey Smith their former head coach I mean I still love Lovey Smith for calling a play call like he did but I mean, but on New Orleans side of things, Alvin Kamara's back. He is back, and he's better than ever. I swear, he's he looks like his old his old self. I mean, even Derek Carr. Derek Carr looks good. I mean, he's a bigger. He's way better than what they had last year in Jamison Will or Jamison Wilson. Ah, Jamison. <laughs> it doesn't even matter. He's not good enough to even have the name. Jamis Winston. <laughs> sure. Let's go with that. He's not good enough to have the respect of a name. But uh, no, I'm all I'm all kidding here. But their offense looks a lot better from last year. It's a big improvement, and especially like 
I, there's no f- flaws with them in that offense so far, and their defense is good. So I have New Orleans beating Houston here. Here, let's move on to New England Patriots and Las Vegas Raiders. New England got blown out again. Like, it's disgusting how bad they got blown out. And honestly, this is really kind of filling the uh, the Tom Brady lovers of kind of saying it's Tom Brady that was the success story in New England and not Bill Belichick. So I'm curious if you think Bill Belichick will be fired at the end of this year or walk away. I think he sh- uh, he's such a good coach. It's hard. It's hard to say. I mean, he's regarded as one of the best coaches in the NFL. Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. No. Come to Chicago no. Bears. I. Eh, I wouldn't be upset. No. <laughs> I wouldn't be upset. I don't know. I. It's just bad. I it's, mean, this entire game against Las Vegas, like, it's we've mentioned earlier, Las Vegas is all over the board. They can't really include their running back or wide receiver and. It's a mess, but I I have Las Vegas winning it just because they're at home, and I, I think it just comes down to a field goal type of game. Well, they are favored by three points, so okay. that makes sense. Yeah, perfect. So, I mean, these are two top 12 defenses so far in the NFL. New England is seventh in yards allowed per game. Vegas is 11th, and then two of the worst offenses uh, in the NFL. I mean... New England's only scoring 11 points per game. Vegas is 15, scoring 15.8. I mean, yeah. this is a Jacoby Myers revenge game as well. Oh, I didn't even back. think about that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah. New England let him walk during the offseason, went to Vegas. And I got mean, pretty paid. Yeah, he got paid. And he's playing very well uh, as a wide receiver too. Yeah, I, I, I'm sticking with my guns here. I'm still saying Las Vegas because, I, I don't know, I think that just that offense is just – equipped with more weapons and it just has been more successful recently. But who do you got? Uh, I am taking Vegas in this game. I just, I, they got a win against green Bay last week. Mm-hmm. New England's look bad. Yeah. I, it's, I mean, honestly, I feel like the line should be a little bit more than three points tilted towards Vegas, but you know, we will find out. Um, Arizona at LA Rams. So, where do we start with this one? I mean, Arizona is a hot mess, right? So I wouldn't say they're a hot mess. They're ooh. playing hard. I mean, yes, they they coming into this season were regarded as one of the worst teams in the NFL. They've played hard. And, I mean, they played the commanders very hard. They almost beat the Giants if they didn't collapse in the second half. And then the two other, the three other games they played were against the Cowboys, 49ers, and Bengals. That's fair, but in all fairness, I mean. And they beat the Cowboys. They did. That's true. But losing your star running back in James Conner, I mean, he's been doing all right this year, and especially um, losing, like, losing him, now you really don't have a backfield, and that's up for grabs. We still have no, no idea of who's filling in that spot this week. And, I mean, Hollywood Brown. He's been good, but he's also the only target on that offense besides Zach Ertz. So, I don't know. This That's why I just say it's a hot mess is because Connor's out. They don't know what to do with the backfield. And, I mean, Joshua Dobbs is the quarterback. Like, I like Dobbs, but, like, he's not going to be Matthew Stafford. I'm just – I'm sorry, but he's not going to beat him. No, I mean, yeah, Arizona, 
they don't really have anyone. I mean, Dobbs is he's been good, but other than that, if nothing you just, really. If you just compare the weapons that Arizona has versus LA Rams, I mean, let's just go off of LA Rams really quick. Kyron Williams, who's been a good player so far this year, he's been kind of a surprise. Cooper Cup's back, and he produced. You got Puka, who's still producing, and then you have Tutu, who's the wide receiver three, but is still getting targets. Like they're moving the ball pretty well, and every time they throw it to those guys, it's a almost guaranteed catch because Matthew Stafford is a really, really, really good quarterback as far as like game plan and all that. But I, I don't know. I that's what I, I comparing to Arizona. I don't really like. Yeah, I mean Puka and. I mean, that was kind of the question coming in the last week. Could uh, Puka Nakua, the rookie wide receiver for the Rams, and Cooper Cup, could they survive together in fantasy? And, I mean, it kind of showed out um, into – it kind of showed out. I mean, they played well together. Puka got – I think got a touchdown and a bunch of yards, and Cup, I mean, got all of his receptions. So it was it was pretty good for him. This game for me, I think uh, Cardinals are under guards by seven points. Oh, wow. So that's kind of a, a big line, I think. That's a huge line. I think it should be a little bit closer, but I'm still going to roll with the Rams. Yeah, I'm rolling with the Rams as well. I just think the amount of weapons, Cooper's back and everything, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a close one in my opinion. But as we're getting close to the 9 o'clock time, we're going to come back with a few more games. We're going to come back with a few regular season or week six games, and then we're going to come back and talk about Sunday night football and Monday night football right after this break. Welcome back to WRC 88.7 to J Sports Radio. I'm your host, Sean Conniff, with my co-host, Dawson Wells. We're going to kick it right back off with where we left off with Week 6 football, we're going to start with Detroit Lions at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's just, you go in on De- uh, Detroit and I'll go in on uh, Tampa Bay. Sounds like a plan? Yeah, I mean, we already kind of touched up on Detroit. Very good offense. They're fourth in points scored so far. Sixth in total yards. I mean, their defense is also very good. Ninth in total yards allowed. This is a very good football team. Very young. Only going to get better from here. I mean, they're favored by three points. Uh, going away to Tampa. I, I'm taking Detroit all day in this game. Yeah, I also have Detroit winning this game as well. I think Detroit is just better versed with uh, weapons across their offense and defense, so I think they win. But let's kick it off with uh, – or let's get into Sunday night football. I mean, New York Giants in Buffalo, Okay. Buffalo has been solid. I'll give them credit for that. And Allen is super, super good. Like, he's honestly been performing better than Patrick Mahomes this year, fantasy-wise. All right? I think as far as uh, just controlling an offense, I think it's I, – I love Mahomes a little bit more. But you can't go wrong. This offense has been good. It's just – I'm very, I'm very concerned for New York Giants' case. I'll just say that, and their head coach. I know we talked about that a little earlier, but yeah, I this mean, is an interesting game. We we touched on it. Buffalo's favored by 14 and a half points, so that that really tells you all you need to know about this team. Their leading rusher is Daniel Jones with all, like 197 yards. They are missing Saquon. 
I don't think he's going to be back for this game. I think this is his last game out. And if he does, it'll be like a game time decision. Matt Breida has not looked good in the interim for Saquon. And we say it every week. Saquon is the New York Giants offense. Like, they are 31st in total yards per game. They're 31st in points per game. They're 29th in points against per game. Like, this team is bad. Yeah, and in all fairness, I mean, the Giants did looked good last year. But this year, I don't know what changed. Like, besides Saquon not being in the offense, I mean, Saquon wasn't even in the offense that much last year. He kind of came back halfway through the year. So, I think Buffalo, yes, they will win. Great. But I this should be a blowout game, but I, I somehow feel like the Giants are going to look like their most old selves and the Buffalo Bills are just going to choke. Like, I, I think they're just not going to be as productive as they have been in past weeks but we'll see how it goes buffalo i i do have buffalo winning over the giants but i i don't think it's going to be a blowout like many people are saying it's going to happen like i know people people that i i talk to on a daily basis they 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 think uh josh allen is god they think he is the best player in the nfl they think stefan diggs is amazing like okay yes they're good but calm down buddy I I mean yeah this they kind of got embarrassed in London they did go over late Jacksonville looked very good they have Von Miller still I mean their defense lost a lot they lost probably their best player on the defensive side in Matt Milano a very solid linebacker for the Buffalo Bills they lost their best cornerback in Tre'Davious White to an Achilles injury. That hurts. I mean, it's going to hurt your defense all day. They do lead in sacks. And, um... Welcome back from that weird break. We apologize for that sudden interruption. They, one of our uh, alerts within the station went off. It sounded like a, a, an emergency of some sort, so we wanted to double-check that. Um, but we're back to our regular schedule for tonight's show. We're going to just kick it gonna kind of end on who we think's gonna win for Buffalo or uh, Buffalo and Giants. Yeah, I think it's relatively easy pick Buffalo, Buffalo for sure. Okay, I have Buffalo as well, but but we're gonna move into Monday night football, Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Chargers. Going to be a good game. I, I think this is gonna be one of the more entertaining Monday night footballs we've had so far. Uh I, I just think Dallas's defense is hurting because of Tavon Diggs is out. And he will not be coming back this year. So can the healthy offense of the Chargers, because they just got Austin Eckler back, can they take advantage of the hurt defense? Who knows? Uh, yeah, I, I really like this game, actually. I mean, both these teams are top 10 in scoring, 7th uh, and 8th, respectively. They both put up yards. Chargers are 4th in yards per game at 408.5. They're also, like, last in yards allowed. So, I mean, that gives Dallas a good – going from one of the best defenses in the San Francisco Charge, uh, 49ers to the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, best defense to one of the worst passing-wise. So, it'll be interesting. Um, I feel like Dak Prescott's going to have a bounce-back game, kind of getting a lot of hate right now, thinking, is he the guy? 
what are we going to do with Dak? I still think he's a very good quarterback in the NFL. He's the longest tenured quarterback right now in eight years. So I, I don't hate Dak. I think he could be better. A lot of hate going on CD Lamb as well. Is he a That's number just... one guy? Is he? There was some guy saying he was a really number two ooh, wide receiver. Ooh, ooh. No, 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 no. I'm <clears throat> even though I'm not a Dallas Cowboys fan, I'm going to defend CD Lamb on this a little bit. Dak Prescott, yes, he's one of the most ten. He's the longest tenured quarterback in the NFL right now, and. D- Dak has never really been outstanding in my eyes. He's been always mediocre. Yes, he's had a, a good year a few years ago, but when he's not doing well, it kind of affects C.D. Lamb. It, it, just look at it with the Chicago Bears. When Justin Fields isn't doing well, our wide receivers don't do well. So it's kind of a it's a trade-off. So if yeah, I don't want to, I don't want people to hate on C.D. Lamb just yet. If it gets bad, where Dak Prescott puts up great numbers and he's just not incorporated in the offense, oh, then okay, we can start having that hypothetical of is he a wide receiver too. But I don't start hating on CeeDee Lamb. It's too early for that. Yeah, I mean, I still think Dallas is a very good team. I I don't think they win the NFC East. I think that's Philly's division for the entire year, really. He, they're going to run that division. Dallas will get second and have to kind of face that wild card spot. But I still think they're a very good team. They could threaten in the playoffs. They're going to put up numbers against this Chargers defense that can't seem to stop the pass. They're not getting, they're not getting takeaways. I mean, it's just, this is a kind of a toss up for me. Dallas is favored by two and a half points. I mean, it's close. What, what do you think? Yeah. I think it's close across the board, really. It's just how much do does the Chargers like really involve Austin Eckler? How many do they put him on a snap count? What do they do? I, I really don't know. I mean, their backup Kelly hasn't done anything. None of their running backs have. So I'm very curious if how it goes because Mike Williams is out, so they don't really have to worry about targeting him. Or like covering him, so I I don't know. It's a toss up, and like you said, so I'm going Dallas. Just I think they win just because, just because that's literally it. I I'm also going Dallas. I mean, I just think their defense is better. It can win them games. Yeah. Over the Chargers. I mean, yeah, it should be Dallas all the way. Yeah. We're gonna move into. We're done for the NFL tonight. We're gonna move into a. Uh, Another topic that happened, uh, we were off last week, kind of took a little bit of a break. Haven't been able to talk about the MLB postseason that has started. Kind of, we already got our ALCS matchup. Our Most of the ALDS matchups have wrapped up, and we're kind of watching the Phillies-Braves game right now. Philly is up 3-1 to one in the bottom of the seventh, and they kind of had a huge, huge... Top of the seventh there. Got out of Oh my gosh, yes. Got out of bases loaded with Ronald Acuna at the dish. I mean, even there was a passed ball, right? And there was we were watching the replays of it, and as there's a pass ball right now and for the Phillies, but back to the Braves, the Braves guy in third, he ran he was like halfway home. And then by the time the catcher got to the ball, he was like, nah, I'm gonna cut back back and not even have be aggressive. So 
the, the cost him a run. They did cost him a run. Philly's lucked out that he made that decision, but it's it's as of right now, it looks like Philly's gonna win this game. I mean, Trey Turner's on first, and there's two outs, but Trey Turner's on second. You Trey, just sorry, sorry you just did the pass yeah. ball, but uh, I don't know. Philly, this is a very interesting game. Yeah, Philly has Philly's looked really good this series. I mean, they had a a huge game three win last night. Um, Bryce Harper hit two home runs, stared down Orlando Arcia after both of them after Harper got doubled off in that one play. They were kind of saying attaboy Harper in in Atlanta, and he kind of he shut him up. He shut him up for sure. Castellanos hit two home had a multi home run game last night. Guess what? Castellanos another multi home run game tonight. First player in MLB postseason history to have back to back multi home run games. This Philly team, I mean, they're nothing to kind of overlook. No, they made it all the way to the World Series last year. They're looking very good. Um, if they do end up winning this game, uh, they will face the Arizona Diamondbacks, which I love the Arizona Diamondbacks. Like, they're a very, very fun team. And what's nuts, to say the least, is that I had Atlanta being my favorite to win it all. And for Philly to kind of come in and really be dominating this game and the other games prior to this one, like, I am kind of in awe because the amount of offensive weapons this Braves team has, like, they had the home run leader. And, like, where has he been? He's kind of been irrelevant, right? So I, I just think that... I don't know. Philly is hungry. They were in the World Series, like you mentioned, last year. I think it's just they don't really care who's in front of them. They're going to try to beat them the best way possible, even if they're changing strategies. Yeah, game I mean, to game. Philly has really shut down this this team. Like, the the Braves just haven't been able to get anything anything going. I mean, Ranger Suarez, who who pitched tonight, has only allowed one – the one earned run, and that was that home run against, uh, I believe it was Austin Riley hit a home run against him. Aaron Nola looked very good in his in his uh, start against the Braves looked yesterday. Really I mean, he basically <laughs> shut him down. Uh, went. Let me get the game log up here. Yeah, he, he, just going off of that Aaron Nola's point as you find that statistics. Aaron Nola, like he's one of the best. Pitchers in the MLB, and I mean, it's kind of lucky that the, he's been willing to stay with the Phillies and not try to go get his big contract. Like, he's one of those kind of guys that seems very loyal right now, and I wouldn't be surprised if they were to win if he was to go out and ask for that massive contract. Yeah, Nola this postseason had a very good game uh, when he pitched against the Marlins, seven shutout innings, only allowed three hits. That last game against Philly, uh, five and two-thirds, six hits, two earned runs, uh, nine strikeouts, though. I mean, he he's shut this team, this very good offensive team down. Probably will win the team uh, Silver Slugger Award, the Atlanta Braves will. It's very It's been very impressive to see Philly. I mean, they did it last postseason as well. Mm -hmm. They beat the Braves in the division series last year. Ended up making that run. Um, to the World Series, ended up losing to the Houston Astros. Yep. But I mean, Philly, 
Team of Destiny, really. They oh, yeah. they have these big, big bombers that just can hit the ball out whenever. And that's that's what's key in October. Oh, for sure. And I mean, like with with the stat you just said, the back to back home run or multi home run games, I mean that's that's a huge statistic to be having right now in postseason. Like there's no other time that's like Obviously, that's a cool stat to have in the middle of the season, whatever. But to have it in the postseason when it's like win or die type of type of deal, it's incredible, and I think it adds more like more uh, emphasis on how important it is and like how really how big of an accomplish it is. So, uh, if Philly wins this game, which I mean, it looks like it is, it's, that's what's going to happen. So, is it, are they going to be your new favorite to win the win the championship? No. Really? I Why? no. Right now, the way I feel like it's one of those AL teams. Either we'll talk about them in a little bit. Houston and Texas. I think it's one of those. Philly still has a very good team. Their bullpen has been very shut down. I mean, Craig Kimbrough got him out of that bases loaded inning. Jose Alvarado looked good until he walked walked in uh, like. Guys get a couple of hits. Yeah. It's just this team This team knows how to win in the postseason, it looks like. I mean, what's also very shocking is four of the most – the teams with the four most wins in the MLB, if the Braves lose tonight, will all be out of the postseason. Yeah, and I to kind of go off of that, I mean, I, I kind of want to relate this back to some Chicago sports for our fans at home. If the Cubs were to have made the wild card, I don't want people to really be hating on the securing a wild card spot. Just look at Miami. Miami was able to go a little bit. Like, yes, they did lose, but it just doesn't it just shows that like if you get into the wild card, you still actually have a chance. It's not like, oh, we just could play one more game and we're done. Like, no, like Well look at look at Arizona. They yeah, were a wild card team. Exactly. And the Diamondbacks are Good, like they're actually gonna be. They're in the ALCS and have a chance, or NLCS and have a chance to, to make it to that World Series. Exactly. So I don't want Cubs fans or Sox fans. I know it's mainly targeted to Cubs fans right now because the White Sox suck. But at the end of the day, when next year comes for the Cubs, and if we just get a wild card spot, don't be sad about it. Just because look at the Diamondbacks right now. Look at them. Yeah, I mean they're they're showing out. They. Diamondbacks beat, swept the, I mean, uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. I mean, and they didn't even let them get going. I mean, they won 11-2, 4-2, 4-2. And do you want to talk about that interesting play or a series of events with Lance Lynn? Yeah, Recent? Lance Lynn giving up four home runs in the third inning. Yeah, but the the one where I'm forgetting the batter's name, but the batter hit the hit a foul ball, but it was very close. Jason Hayward is calling, oh, it's foul, it's foul, it's foul. Great. So Lance Lynn takes his breath, and after umpires review it, they're like, it's a foul. Batter's back up to bat. Very next pitch, bombs it to left field. Absolute moonshot for a home run. Like, I mean, as a Cubs fan, or not a Cubs fan, as a Sox fan, Dawson, do you think what you acquired for Lance Lynn was like a value? 
I don't even I don't even remember what we acquired for Lancelin, but watching that was just absolutely hilarious. Knowing he did that several times for us, for for White Sox. That's all he did this season was give out home runs. So when mistake me if I'm wrong, wasn't he either really good or really bad? He would be really good for about an inning or two, and then he'd give up six home runs. I remember the one game I was watching. Can't remember when. Believe it was against the. I believe it was opening day. No, that was Kopech. It was. He gave up like seven home runs in like two innings. Lance Lynn is just, he was good the past couple years. And now he's just, he's this guy that just, he gives up way too many, way too many home runs. Like uh. it's, it's kind of crazy how much he gives up. And to go back onto your question about, the White Sox and trading Lancelin and Joe Kelly to the Dodgers. It had to happen. We needed prospects. We got, I mean, some of our top prospects, I think two top 10 prospects in our organization now from the Lancelin trade. Yeah. Um, and Nick, Nick Nestrini and Jordan Legere. Both these guys, I think, I mean, we'll see. They're prospects. You never really know how they can turn out. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this, Postseason is looking good. I mean, as I'm watching the game right now, Kimbrell just struck out another batter, and Philly fans are going crazy because they can taste it. They can taste the win. They just know it's it's right there. It's in their fingertips. So, another but, former White Sox, Ken Kimbrell, yeah, mm-hmm. and a former Cub, Chicago boy. But uh, let's just move on to our last topic of the night. Uh, we're gonna Chicago Blackhawks. We haven't finished our postseason though. Yeah, we have. No, we haven't. Haven't talked about. We haven't talked about the Rangers or the, the oh, Astros. Oh, those don't matter. Yes, they do. All right. So Rangers sweep the Orioles in the ALDS. I mean, another interesting stat: AL East didn't win a single single game all postseason with the Orioles, Rays, Blue Jays. I mean, and then Astros beat the Twins three one last night. Jose Abreu, my guy, hit three home runs in the series. Houston, Houston pitching really shut down the Twins. Couldn't really, the Twins couldn't get anything going. Sets up a huge Texas ALCS. Uh, Rangers offense, I mean, is they destroyed the teams with the most wins in the AL, in the Rays and the Orioles. I mean, they really didn't let them get going. And what's what's important for the Rangers here? Is Texas starters had a 2.2 ERA, and the bullpen is at a 2.16 ERA so far in the playoffs, and they're potentially going to add Max Scherzer and John Gray, two veteran pitchers that can add a lot to their starting rotation. But Jordan Montgomery and uh, Nathan Ovaldi so far have really played well. Jordan Montgomery especially has really surprised me in his ability to he's shutting down guys, but it is Houston. It is Jose Abreu. It is Brian Abreu, who hasn't let up a run since July. It is Jordan Alvarez. It is Kyle Tucker. It is Jeremy Pena. Jose Altuve. All I hear is trash cans. All I hear is trash cans. Yeah. I. My new favorite for the World Series and who I am rooting for 
is the Houston Astros. You're a trash bin. The only reason is because of Jose Abreu. I want, I want that man to get his ring. No. Yes. No. What can you give me a legitimate reason that will make me come off my ledge of trash bins, banging and cheating, and being a a uh, a dishonest organization with throughout this entire process? Oh, they are that. I don't care though. I like Jose Abreu is one of my favorite players of all time. Was longtime White Sox great, top in every franchise stat basically. Left in the off season. I mean, he. I I want him to get his ring. He deserves to get his ring after his years in Chicago. He deserves a ring. But you also have. Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, Josh Young, Jordan uh, Heim, the catcher. Rangers aren't going to go away easy. Um, this is going to be a very close series. Trash bin. That's all I hear. That's all I hear. That's all it's coming out because I think at the end of the day, Houston is going to be, yes, they're definitely a, a contender and they're definitely going to make a good push. And But I – I mean, seeing this Phillies game and really kind of seeing how they've handled Atlanta, like, like in my opinion, like I said earlier, I had Atlanta winning this entire championship run. Like, I, I think they were going to be the best team in the MLB, but then Philly coming in and handling them just fine, and for them to be a, in the World Series last year, like, I don't know. I just want Philly to win now just because of that reason of think they beating the best team in the MLB in my eyes. And, I mean, as we're uh, watching uh-oh. the game, uh-oh, Bryce Harper is holding his forearm. He is wincing in a lot of pain. The Atlanta Braves base runner, I, I don't know the name of the base runner who hit him, but they collided, and he is hurt. He is holding his elbow and bicep and everything, and a lot of people are surrounding him right now. That is, that is going on. Trainer is out. Manager is out. About like five or six players are around him. Yeah, he catches the ball and gets an absolute oh. knee to the arm, like really like in stride knee, and he is screaming in pain right now. That he had the reason he is playing first is because he had Tommy John surgery. He is still coming off of that and he's still recovering from that. That is his throwing arm that he hit, and that that is painful. Yeah, and he he is one of the most important players on your organization, if not the most important player. So if he was, if he's out for the rest of the game, I don't think that's a big deal. But if let's say he's out for a game or two, if it's a bad injury, that, that could really hurt Philly's opportunity. Yeah, for sure. That's going to, that's going to hurt a lot. Um, but you let's go to, as you were alluding to a couple minutes ago, our final point of the show tonight, uh, but, Blackhawks started their season on Tuesday. Connor Bedard. Connor Connor Bedard. Bedard Love him. Made his debut against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Got his first NHL point. Yeah, I I was too anxious. I wanted to get to Connor Bedard so bad. He's he's the next big thing in Chicago. I mean, everybody's talking about him. He's he's kind of this phenomenon. I mean, the Bears are bad. The Cubs are kind of okay. No, they're bad. The Sox are worse. Correct. The Bulls are bad. Like it, it's just kind of like we haven't had one of those guys that just 
brings excitement to the city, and he's he's 18 years old, and he's bringing the excitement back to to Chicago sports and to the Blackhawks. I mean, they're ranked 29th in power rankings according to Bleacher Reports. I mean, they they played against the Penguins and they came back 4-2, and then last night they played the Bruins. Unfortunately, they did lose 3-1, but he did score his first goal Wednesday. It was a great wraparound and just kind of sneaked it into the bottom left corner uh, before the uh, goalie could get a s- skate to it. Uh, you could just see the pure enjo- uh, pure happiness in his face. Didn't you see it? Yeah, it was it was a good goal. I mean, he had a little behind-the-back pass yep. in the lead-up to that and then had a shot on target, rebounded off the goalie, and wrapped it around. I mean, look, we don't know hockey at all. I don't think I've watched hockey in five years, maybe even more since the Blackhawks were winning Stanley Cups. But, I mean, like you said, Connor Bedard, he's bringing, he's bringing hope back to Chicago sports, really. I don't think we've really had this enthusiasm about a specific just player since maybe Justin Fields coming into the league yeah. for the Bears. Yeah, I mean, when you have a kid being compared and – and being suggested as the next, like, Wayne Gretzky of hockey. I mean, obviously Wayne Gretzky is the best of all time for hockey, and it's not even close. Like, McDavid, yeah, he's 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 making an argument, but for be, to be already named with those guys, Bedard and Gretzky, like, and you're only 18 years old, yeah, that's a lot of pressure, but honestly, like, he just seems super comfortable on the ice. He knows what he's where he needs to be he's in the right positions like he's he's already making an impact and it's only been two games one point with the assist on game one and then a goal on game two so what can he bring for the rest of the year yeah I mean he's very very impressive um I've seen projections for him where he could average like a point a game which from my understanding of of hockey that's very impressive that's very very hard to do um, over their 82-game stretch. Oh, yeah. um, only a couple of rookies have ever done that before. Yeah. I believe some of them were Sidney Crosby. I mean, that's it. his idol. Yeah. I mean, played against him the other night. He was only, was it 25 days old or something when Sidney, when Crosby made his debut? Yeah, it was something like that. And it was he was 13 days old when he got drafted. or It was something crazy like that, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm super pumped with the addition of Connor Bedard. I, I even though when he got drafted on draft night, like I was excited because everybody else was like hyping him up so much. But I mean, now that I've really kind of re- done my research on him and watched him film, I- I'm in love with this kid. I I'm ready to watch Blackhawks hockey again. And even though they're ranked 29th, I'm a I'm a believer right now. Yeah, I mean, I've I've watched a little. I watched a little bit of the the game on Tuesday. Watched most of the game last night. Uh, it was very, very impressive um, and just fun. I mean, hockey's a fun sport to watch. And the Blackhawks have sucked in recent years as Castellanos gets yet another hit in this game. Um, Blackhawks hockey's back. I mean, I don't – there's not too many expectations for this year, I don't think. Like we said, they're ranked in the bottom portion of the – of the power rankings, according to Bleacher Report and a lot of other sources. Yeah, and I, I 
And with Chicago sports right now, we're all kind of, I mean, we're all kind of accepting the rebuild and we're all like, just like trying to keep our hopes high. But I mean, this is kind of the lighting of the match in in a sense of Bedard is the next face of the Blackhawks and we need to start building around them. And I mean, the amount of draft capital we have for the next five years, I, I could be wrong, but I believe it's 14 to 15 picks within the first and second round. That's insane. And let's just say half of them are become something within the NHL. Like that is awesome to have that on your roster. And also like those players are going to be within your lower divisions and like are going to grow. And like, it's awesome. It's, I love to see that the Blackhawks are starting. They have a plan, so it's great. But I also want to come in with some breaking news. Just on the basketball side, the Chicago Bulls did beat the Denver Nuggets in a two-overtime game, uh, 133 to 124. The game was going on for a while now, and uh, it finally ended. The The Bulls uh, had, had best scores of the game were DeMar DeRozan with 19 points, one assist, one rebound, and... For the Nuggets, Nikola Jovic, uh, 17 points, 4 assists, and 6 rebounds. But I just want to quickly update you guys on that as well. Yeah, it is a preseason game and everything. Um, Starters looked like they only got about 20 minutes. A lot of bench guys got in there. Um, Caruso had 14 points. That's sticking out to me a little bit. Desumu, 7 points, 4 rebounds, uh, 3 assists. I mean, they're going to kind of... Lean on him a little bit this year, I think. Need him to step up. Same with Caruso, honestly. Both those guys. Zach Zach and DeRozan, I mean, looking good. DeRozan went 8 for 8 from the three, fr- three free throw line, um, put him, putting up 19 points. Like we said, it is only preseason. It's but... only preseason, but, I mean, to s- the win over the, the Nuggets, like, I mean, they they won the championship last year, right? So it's good to see, even though if it's just mainly bench players that were out there, like I'd, I like seeing that our bench is able to win and put up a good fight against theirs, you know? So we have a lot to unpack with the Bulls, but that's going to be for next week's show as we kind of get closer to the end. But we have more topics to come next week. We're going to kind of go more into baseball. We're going to go more into basketball, NFL. We'll have our World Series preview. That's going to get going next week as well. Um, Yeah. I I think you really want to tune in for next week's show. We're we're going to have a lot of topics for you, and we we might even have a little special guest for the second half of the show for you guys, uh, a good friend of mine. But as we get close to the 10 o'clock mark, a little bit early, but – we covered all the stuff we wanted to talk about, and we, we, we thank you for tuning in to WRC 88.7, and make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and tune, us, tune in on Spotify as well as we uh, have podcasts over there as well. But, uh, again, thank you for tuning in to our station. Good night, guys.